The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. Let me bring up my screen. I always do this. I, I, I get lazy and I don't write down my stuff. I just bring up my stuff and it's never as good when I bring it up. So I'm going to start writing them down. Good, because I color code my points. Color code them? Yeah, to make sure that I know what I'm going through. I know you don't care at all, but I appreciate your crazy. I care about things. I care about things. I care about things. No. Um, No. Probably just too drunk all the time. What? I'm probably just too drunk all the time to care. (laughs) I wasn't sure how you're going to feel about this one of alcohol. Why Why would I? I'm not an alcoholic. No, but it's not. It's not really. It's not exercise. It's not meditation. It's not like self improvement. It's like well, yeah, but modification it's, it's, of your behavior or like it's fine. I'll find a modification of behavior. <laughs> so we're talking about alcohol today. We're talking about the alcohol. Okay, and yeah. we're talking about how to drink more. No, how how Mm-mm. successful people drink more. That is the exact opposite of what we're saying. Do successful people drink less. I'm going to tell you. Okay, but it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Oh, no. Okay. So we can still drink. <laughs> Disclaimer, you and I haven't drank in like eight years. It's been a really long time. So, and we used to drink. We used to um, not have a good relationship with alcohol. We'll put yeah, it that way. Yeah. Well, and it, it was hard socially. Yeah. We, because our social folks were- Right. We were social drinkers, mm-hmm. but we just, we abused alcohol. We bought yeah. the cheapest stuff we could and that was it. And so let's get into the habits of alcohol consumption by successful people. Right. Okay. History time. This day in history. The history of alcohol. And this is why Wikipedia is no good for research. Are you doing your research on Wikipedia? No, but I, I love that's Wikipedia blasphemy. once. I know. But so Wikipedia said like 3000 BC was when alcohol oh. first came about. That's not even close to true. No? No. So unintentional alcohol consumption. Well, first let's talk about what alcohol is. Alcohol is the fermentation of natural sugars. And by like a yeast product. Yeah. And that yeast will off, or one of the byproducts of that yeast is alcohol. Yeah, they'll off gas. They'll off gas or they'll, they'll, yeah, essentially, right? (laughs) But they'll produce ethyl alcohols. Right. So, and that's what we drink and that's what it gets us intoxicated. Yeah. Well, this happens naturally in nature. So as long as fruit's been around, alcohol's been around. Mm Because the second that that fruit rots, that yeast eats the the sugars in there and you have alcohol. Mm -hmm. So early man probably ate rotten fruit and got drunk. Oh. So they're actually thinking that, you know, 100,000 years ago, 1.2 million years ago, however long you want to say. Right. But, but they actually, theoretically, some alcohols have been found, like resi- resin kind of thing on the bottom of like early man pot or pottery. 
Oh, because you would leave it in the not pot a, to ferment? Or not what? 100%, but theoretical. Or right? they just abandoned their fruit pot. They could have too, right? They, they could rotted, have. They yeah. could have not eaten Whether it. Whether it was intentional or not. It. But but that's that's one of the theories. Mm-hmm. And then again, same thing. Like uh, that was like Paleolithic times. That was like caveman times. Okay. And then about thirty thousand BC, they see some cave drawings. Um, in twenty five thousand BC, there's the the Venus of Lassau. There's a, a woman drinking out of a horn, and oh. some people are like, that's probably alcohol in there. Maybe water, water, maybe whatever, but there is definitely some inclination that we were drinking alcohols very early on. Gotcha. Especially because alcohols, by their nature, are more sterile than water. Yeah, they so can water's travel. Actually pretty, and, yeah. pretty dangerous, but it, but water can travel very, or alcohol can travel very easily. Um, and then we we start seeing some possible wine and beer consumption, you know, in ten thousand BC, nine thousand BC. But we actually start seeing. Um, like domesticated rice and barley crops mm-hmm. in places like China about 10,000 years yes, ago. yeah. You know, so... Of course, China did it all. So that's when we start yep. seeing the actual production of alcohol. Not oh. just not just maybe accidental alcohol in gestation, but the production. Because well, and monks, right? Weren't monks a big component they, of... They love their autismal meads. Well, but that's just it. It's they like they would, they would cultivate these items, grapes, whatever. Yep. And honey. honey. Oh, honey. Me, that's a me is a honey product. So anyway, so um, yeah, about 7,000 BC, which was when agriculture started really taking taking hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earliest evidence of alcohol was in China. Uh, it was in Jihou, Jihou China. Um, and they found residue um, on the bottom of their whatever pot or, or vessel with rice, honey, and fruit. Oh, so they so made that essentially a sense. rice wine, like a like a sake, you know. Yeah. So they would do. They started doing that in China about seven thousand BC. Um, Iran. There was evidence of ceramic vessels and alcohol in in vessels in Iran in about five thousand BC. Oh. Um, and then Greek uh, culture. They mm-hmm. found grape skins, and again, like those wine. So mm-hmm. grapes. Wine comes from grapes. They found that in Greece in about four thousand BC. So then where we get back to Wikipedia, about 3000 BC, you see it um, in India. Okay. In some of the, in the, the Verdic tribes. Remember the Verdas we talked about during the meditation? Oh, yes. The ones that uh-huh. came over the Kishnu mountains and maybe started meditation. Right. We see wine um, in their culture as well. So wine and meditation go together is what you're saying. Oh, man. Then like you crazy. meditate and slash uh-huh. drink a bottle of wine. Well, you just do a couple kamikaze shots. <laughs> and then you meditate. So, um, and then it started becoming more of a, like a trade. Mm-hmm. But that's when people started essentially roaming more, right? Yeah. So, of course, alcohol is going to become a trade because you can carry it. You put it in a vessel, you take it with you. It stores. It's it's good to drink. Yeah. And then you Travel can trade it because it's I kind of a luxury. A yeah. Right. So and you can trade it for lots of different things once you get to wherever you're at. Right. So yeah. so Greece started with some wine trade. Um, then we got, and that's like, you know, 3000 to 1000 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, about this same time, about the 1000 BC, we start seeing alcohol in South America. Now, these oh. two cultures didn't connect at any point. So they independently created their own alcohol products. As we do. Every continent actually produced their own alcohol products independently of each other. Oh, really? So humans were destined to drink alcohol. That's, that's <laughs> like what that it that's says. that's how you run God with it. God wanted us to have alcohol. That's what it is. But, uh, but chicha beer? Have you ever had a chicha beer? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's a beer made of a combination of maize and fruit. So corn okay. and fruit. Oh. And that's what they drank in like South America. That's what they produced. It sounds amazing. Maybe, maybe it's like a Corona? 
It is not like a Corona. <laughs> I, I can pretty much throw yeah. down that it's not like a Corona, but... Yeah. But then about 500 BC... Yeah. In Central Europe, uh, barley and grain beer came about. Oh, and That's I why I like Germany. That's why they're so good at their beers, because they've been doing it since 500 BC. Yeah. They know their thing. But yeah, so that kind of beer um, drink came about about that time. Before gotcha. that, it was more, more wines and, and rice-oriented. Um, then again, we get into Romans, and the Romans were big wine drinkers. They exploited the wine trade. You know, they had big ships, all that good stuff. Well, they were all over the place. So I would imagine that they were partaking in all the different right. things. That... Right. And just so everybody is clear, like, we'll say, I know these these empires span, you know, you know millennia. Mm-hmm. But we'll say, like, Greece is like 3000 BC, and the Roman Empire was right around the time of Christ. Okay. It's like right dab in the middle of the BCAD transition. All right. Right? So then after the Roman Empire starts to fall, we see a, a little bit more um, in the way of what we see now is is distillation of alcohol. Oh. So about the 4th century AD, we mm-hmm. start to distill these alcohols into liquor. Oh, like vodka or whiskey yeah, or it's, scotch? Yeah, because it's a pretty... Or- technical process right yeah one well, and there's because pro- i i, I uh, listened to a podcast about vodka and how many times you have to distill it to have it be good vodka right, right. versus like the single distilled right like mesh so you essentially yeah, yeah you, you evaporate the alcohol out of the the, the mash right. and then it becomes a pure form right. so like a wine or a beer in its oldest form you just put all the sugars in a barrel and you let it ferment and you drink it right but now you're extracting all that alcohol there so it's more pure right yeah so that's where that's where the alcohols came from and then the rest is history so to speak um but i do have a few cool things from pbs that are PBS? i know that are seven things you didn't know about alcohol in america tell me we're not gonna do it all seven we're gonna talk about a few of them okay number one at the time the u.s was created alcohol was seen as healthy yes yes in fact like people would drink it before going and plowing fields and all like they drank 5.8 gallons of pure alcohol annually no americans way. yeah and and by 1830, like mm-hmm. the, that's the golden age of booze, that yeah. was one or 7.1 gallons. Oh my god. The goodness. average American drinks 2.5 gallons. So, but is that is that based on the same alcohol point as now or yes. is it? Yes. So that was but they drank oh, no so kidding. much more cuz it was probably more diluted like you said the bread beer. The bread right? beer, yeah, where a lot you, of calories. Yeah. It, it doesn't go bad, you don't get sick. Right. But they drank a lot of it. Where we drink actually a lot less now. It's like um, the Gatorade of that era. Yeah, they thought it was a digestive aid. On that cool note, because yeah. alcohol was obviously in culture before that, right? I heard anecdotally from some article uh-huh. that our government was set up as a republic, like it is with electoral colleges and all that, because mm. the founding fathers didn't really trust the American public because we were drunk all the time. <laughs> That's about right. It's probably a little bit of both. It's probably a little bit because it's hard to get everybody together to to vote. But we're not a democracy, right? We're a republic. Right. We vote for someone to go vote in our be- on our behalf. But and then that, they can, they, they can vote do however they want. They want. Right. Yeah. So they're representing you. That's what's, what a republic is. But anyway. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So um, Accurate. And then two, during <laughs> prohibition, doctors could prescribe alcohol. Yes. And, and so that was a big deal. A big boom in the yeah. medical industry because they could charge like seven bucks a bottle, which today <laughs> would be, I don't even know, thousands of dollars mm-hmm. per bottle of alcohol. But it was a way for the medical industry to make like make money. Mm-hmm. That was the first big pharma was, was booze. Um, then we got some other ones that are that are pretty cool. Lewis and Clark journeyed with wine and beer. Uh, Golden Age was in the 1800s. And then 
so prohibition, right? Right. There are two amendments that relate to alcohol. Oh, to amend or two, yeah, uh, amendments to the Constitution. Okay, that's essentially like our Bible of our country. Yeah, saying like we need to add something in here, and we need to add something about alcohol. There are no amendments about me and two about <laughs> alcohol. So I'm like, I'm down. I got catching up to do. You really do. Prohibition. <laughs> Prohibition was the 18th Amendment. Um, okay. ratified, uh, ratified in 1919. Outlawed yeah. alcohol. Kind of a bad social experiment, right? Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, And then um, repealed 14 years later under the 21st Amendment. Oh. 14 years, Prohibition. I didn't That's realize it was that time. long. 33, 1933. Well, because I know that like... Some serious crap went down prohibition, like a lot of um, like uh, criminal yeah, families. Criminal behaviors, yeah. Became that's that's because very anytime big. anytime yeah. you outlaw something that some people want, you're going to have you know un, you know criminal organizations bringing but, people what they want because they can make money. Anytime right. you can make money, people are going to do it. But the structure, like the just the the pure genius of the structure that they went about yeah. that yeah. was very very good. Like if we use that in business, I think that would be quite amazing i agree let's let's go rough up some people yes <laughs> let's go threaten some uh some people to get our the way shepherd right? family Yo. Yeah. we are not like that at all all right so oh that's, all goodness, I, that's all i got for history that's really Hist- quite amazing history of alcohol now let's go into some science and talk about why alcohol is good and bad yes it is and what we should do Okay, so the reason why this came up and why I decided to talk about this was because the guy from Mad Men is always sitting in a chair in a nice suit with scotch. John Hamm. I looked it up. Did you look it I up? I looked it up during the break. Yes. <laughs> and and so it, I, it's kind of confusing to me because a lot of times you see rich people consuming alcohol in some form in like a fancy way. They're in a library right. you know, with their buddies or whatever, and they're right. smoking cigars. Um, but a lot of the things that we think about of a successful person does not include smoking cigars and drinking alcohol. Right. That's like a leisure time for them or a social time. Right. Social time, actually. It's a social time, yeah. So what was interesting is that 81% of people earning more than $75,000 a year drink, opposed to folks who make around twenty. A year, only forty six percent of them drink. So more people drink when 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 they have money. When they have money. What? Yes. So so that was kind of confusing to me because I'm like, well, wait a minute, like what? How much are they drinking? That and it. This is just that they drank. They just this drank. This is not period. that that how much they drink. percent of people drink. Eighty one percent of of people, if they That's have an income over seventy five, okay. tend to drink. Um. So the University of Michigan found that light drinkers, so this is one to two drinks in a day, two to three times a week, um, make approximately 10 to 14% more a year than those heavy drinkers or non-drinkers. Whoa. Yes. That's a mind blow right there. Right. That That is insane. So, um, but past this, past 2.6 drinks for men and 1.5 drinks for women, income plummets with how much they, people consume alcohol. Okay, so just like we know, maybe the positive benefits of alcohol um, go down the drain because now you're intoxicated. Right, and and this is a correlation study. This is not causation. Sure, of but course. It, but they, they line up perfectly. You look at these graphs. It is a beautiful research study. It's just like you would just watch it just tank. So just to recap, if you don't drink anything or if you drink more than 1.5 to 2.5 drinks mm-hmm. a day or two to three times a week even, right. you're on those the spectrum of... Possibly not be able to make as much money. 
just like uh, correlation wise. Correlation wise. But that the rich people are right in that sweet spot of two, three times a week, one and a half to two and a half drinks, more social setting. Right. Okay. So, so this is what I I thought was interesting because we what we tend to think of with successful people we think of alcohol with networking, social interaction, and celebrating. Like they're in their their fancy den celebrating the close of their big deal. Yep. Everybody's talking and getting business deals going. But they're not drunk and taking off their ties and hanging from the chandeliers. Yes. And so with men, trust is increased with social and business networking, um, paired with low levels of alcohol consumption, which is that one to two drinks. Um, this drastically decreases with one, um, with one individual who is drinking heavily or not at all. Oh, okay. So so if one of the people who you're in a social setting, like you're in a den with scotch, yeah. if one person is not drinking, trust goes down. And also if someone's over drinking, trust goes down significantly. Okay. So this, I thought that was kind of interesting. Social interactions, um, including like trusted, trust interactions. Right. Um, Alcohol seems to play a component. The only caveat to this is that this is not found in women. Oh, so the so it's a bunch of men sitting around the table going, "One of us, one of us," <laughs> right? And high five and But women don't out. do that. Um, no, apparently not. But okay. but this idea of a, a group of men sitting in a den having scotch, like talking about stuff, right? Um, and doing business deals that is seems pretty accurate, right? Versus when you're not going to see women in that setting necessarily. Right. And have it be as a trusting relationship. Okay. Um, social interactions. So um, what's interesting and, and what happens in college is we're trying to figure out how to socially interact, find our significant other or mate, um, whatever it is, right? Right. So um, increasing or so alcohol increases social bonding faster and increases golden moments when the whole group is... Um, so golden moments are when everybody's expressing genuine joy at the same time. Because it lowers your inhibitions? It lowers your inhibitions, but that is with, um, again, moderate, moderate consumption drinking, not, of alcohol. Not abuse of alcohol. Right. Okay. And so so people tend to socially bond. Now, the second that we start getting into more excessive, which is outside of two drinks, mind you. That, which is not a lot of drinks. It's not a lot of drinks. People do that at dinner time. Yeah. So, um, so outside of that, social trust is really locks down like you know that moment when you're really intoxicated and you're talking to your buddy like i love you man i love you man that kind of thing in that moment it might seem like you love them right and that that your best buds forever right what you're going to have is residual problems later right where you feel like you overshared you out you were outside social norm right and then it gets really awkward and it actually socially standing uh kind of uh cripples you Right. It hits the ego. Yeah, because then you're like, oh, man. I... Okay. So um, the Journal of Abnormal Psychology um, has recreated this study many, many times. They found that alcohol, a single drink, keeps us in the moment and mindful. Just one drink. Just one drink. But so, how long does that drink last? Just one drink a night? Well, and everybody's... Well, no, and it's not nighttime. They did this or specific or... um, with meditation. Oh, okay. So they had their folks um, take a single drink. I think it was just a shot of something. Um, and then um, waited about a half an hour and then had them meditate. Okay. And they were significantly more likely to stay mindful in the moment and reported sure. that, um, which obviously makes sense. Which is what you want during social utility. You want to be mindful in the moment because that's where bonding happens. It can't happen if you're thinking about the past or the future. Or like, oh my gosh, I'm so awkward right yeah. now. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, in, in many ways, 
alcohol is beneficial. Um, the other side of this, so the ADAA, which is the Anxiety Depression Association of uh, America, notes that 20% of people dealing with social anxiety disorder um, are have some form of alcohol abuse or dependence. Okay. And that's pretty high. It's pretty high. And I hear that a lot where it's like, well, I can't be, I can't go be social unless I have like two drinks. Right. Um, that's a problem. Yep. Because you're using it as a coping skill and then you're more likely to just... Using it as a crutch. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going yeah. with the alcohol and not being able to regulate yourself. So I, like, let me, let me give a metaphor. I love my metaphors. Oh, I love that you love you metaphors. You hate my metaphors. They're always about working out. This one's gonna be about cars. Oh, okay. So alcohol <laughs> is like a car. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one, it's a pain. It takes you forever to get to work. It's got some other benefits, but it's just just not practical. Right. If you drive that car a thousand miles an hour, mm-hmm. you're dangerous. Yes. Bottom line, you're dangerous. But if you drive in the speed limit, that 1.5 to 2.5 drinks a day, mm-hmm. you get to where you're going, you get to listen to your music or your podcast. <laughs> and it's just a, it's just an all-around beneficial thing. That's a beautiful metaphor. All right, I like that's that exactly. one. That's exactly. That's pretty good. It. And it's not about it's not about uh, working out, no. which I can appreciate. Okay. Um, so what else we got on the science? Well, so celebrating the if you, the more income that you make, which seems to be at the seventy five thousand a year marker over, right? Um, celebrating tends to be higher end alcohols, and they take three times longer to consume a single drink than someone of um, seventy five. Or under seventy five thousand dollars a year or mm-hmm. under, so no kamikaze shots for the rich people. Nope, they like. I mean, and we can't put everybody into a group, but this just, tends to be the situation. Trends. We're just yeah. looking at trends. Yeah, so it tends to be higher into alcohol, so you're getting less of the gunk that comes into to alcohol, and okay. then it, you take about three times longer to drink it. Okay. So, so just to give you an idea of what happens to your brain, because I love the brain idea of what's happening with alcohol. First. You're dehydrated, and we all know that. We're right. like, here's a bottle of water, here's an aspirin. Right. Um, so you're dehydrated, um, and so your brain starts to have inflammation. Oh, your brain swells. Your brain swells, That's which is a headache. bad thing. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a problem. Um, and then um, oxidative stress. So oxidative stress creates an imbalance of how many harmful re- free radicals are in your body, and it makes it difficult to t- detoxify and neutralize them. So you're rusting oxidation. You're essentially rusting. You're rusting inside. inside. Okay. Exactly. And it, this happens after um, more than one drink. Okay. So you're going to have a little bit of this where, um, and alcohol, like we're not going to get into like the benefits of one drink because that's also debated. Like I was trying to find like right. one drink is this. But free, free radicals are not a terrible thing. Like Mm-mm. like broccoli has a lot of free radicals in it and broccoli is a great food for you. Right. You know, the, our body needs to bombard it. If we live in a, a bubble, like a bubble boy, yeah. we don't develop immunities and resistance to anything. So it's right. not bad, but it's when we're overcome by those, yes. that's when it, it's a problem. Okay. And it's hard to filter them out. So right. that's, that's the big thing. And then this one, which is just insane so uh, glutamine rebound so glutamine is one of the amino acids in the body that also acts as a neurotransmitter um, that signals between nerve cells right so super important Um, when a person consumes alcohol it causes glutamine levels to decrease okay okay so that is why you start getting drowsy after a couple of drinks getting tired wanted to take a nap that kind of thing okay is that what why bodybuilders can drink more because they do their branch chain amino acids in their big jugs? I have no idea. I didn't read a study on it. However, approximately three to six hours after your drinking stops. Okay. So, and it doesn't talk about how much you're actually consuming, but three to six hours after, uh, glutamine levels spike 
to elevated levels because it's oh. it's not well regulated in your body necessarily. Okay. And so it goes, oh my gosh, we're low. And so it sends all the troops in. And so everybody's running into your blood system. And it, it goes even higher than normal okay. because it's flooding your system, right? So what happens is glutamine is an excitatory amino acid. And then, so this results in you having shallow sleep or like no REM sleep at all. Um, in addition to like an elevated heart rate, cause you're like, boo, 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 like you get night sweats, you get anxiety. And this happens, um, for, for a significant amount of time, everybody's a little different, but it, it'll just keep running those troops in until you kind of figure yourself out. And usually the brain swelling, um, and the dehydration has to go down before the glutamine kind of starts leveling off and feeling okay so essentially magic a magic demon possesses you mm -hmm. and you you can't be normal until you get rid of them yeah, that's exactly them. what i'm saying honey yeah that was a lot of science in there that wasn't that blew i in my mind well i think that's amazing because your body significantly has a reaction to alcohol it's not just that you're feeling a little boozy or a little off right. like it is and this makes it's, sense it's chemical inside your body yes and this is why hangovers are so awful <laughs> you know your body's right. trying to to reacclimate to things crazy isn't that wild all right so that's alcohol that is alcohol that's the science of alcohol mm -hmm. all right should we do coffee review yes coffee review i drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along and when it does it's fast and strong i end up with a bad case of the shakes Okay, so we're doing our coffee review. We're super excited about our coffee so review. So excited. Because static. we've been reviewing pretty exclusively grocery store coffees. Yep. The ones you can buy in the grocery store. And we found out that most, if not all of them, are owned by either Starbucks yep. or Folgers. Yeah. Essentially, right? Yeah. Most of them are Starbucks. Like Seattle's Best is Starbucks. Kirkland's brand is Starbucks. Right. So we got kind of tired of reviewing the same exact coffee for you. Right. So now we're diving into our next phase, our evolution, if you will, of artisan <laughs> coffees. Artisan we, coffees. We settled on artisan. Yeah, we decided that like that's right. Like it's like a craft beer. It's like a craft coffee. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so today... We are reviewing Fire Department Coffee. Fire Department Coffee. Yeah, these guys are great. They are fantastic. Disclaimer, we paid for the coffee. We paid for the coffee. So we, we are going to pay for all our coffees, so there's no yeah. no no need for but they cronyism. Did, but they did send us soap. They sent us some soap, because which is cool. Because our, our cleanliness podcast, we talked right. about coffee soap. Right. So they sent us some soap, which is actually really good soap. Yeah, it's like, great. It's and like our oatmeal uh, coffee. And our, our kids love it. I yeah. don't know if it's just like this... They love it, like not love it in the bath. They like take it in their room and play with it. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. And then uh, our daughter, our youngest daughter likes to like wash her hands way yeah. too much at this point with this because it's special soap. Yeah. So, but yeah. so let's talk about the fire department coffee. Yes. Yeah, so, so this, I'm super excited. So we got the Conway Shield brand, which I looked that up and you probably already know this. They do a bunch of fire gear and police gear and all of that. I, I... When I ordered it, I did not know sure. what Conway was, but I do now. Right. And um, so they have all their equipment and, and whatnot. And then they partnered with Fire Department Coffee for um, this very special bl brand, um, blend right. for them. And the the thing that I absolutely love about Fire Department Coffee is that 10% of all of... I, let me make sure I say that right. All proceeds right. support um, any type of EMS, first responder, police, fire, military, um, mentally, physically, 
or uh, facing any type of serious illness, um, they assist in the, that process. Right. So That's huge. That's big. That is and, big. And, and this, it's close to our heart because I work for the fire department. Right. Yeah. And, and these guys are firefighters. These guys are actual firefighters. They're actual firefighters. Yeah. And if so. you, the fire department chronicles, you should look that up. Yeah. And, they're, and they're it's pretty, pretty funny. They're pretty, to come they're up pretty with good. Some. And so, they're they're part. They're with them. They're right. part of the same. And they're system. active firefighters. So they, they didn't leave the fire department nope. to go start a big company. They're they're still working. They're they're still yep. first responders. So yeah. good on them for that. And let's talk about the flavor of the coffee. I love it. It's and good. It is really good. And maybe we, I mean, this is our first artisan craft coffee review we don't drink a lot of like higher end coffees well, um but because we've been drinking grocery store that is smooth it is smooth and There's i i am no heavily bite at the end it's smooth yeah. but it's but it's bold i like a bold coffee and i, I don't like it, a watered down coffee and i did it all the way that i was supposed to with filtered water and yeah, everything. Just like the right thing. temperature but mm-hmm. i'm i'm really i've got really nothing bad to say mm-hmm. i can't give it a five because it's our first one where do you go what from a five what are you talking about i'm totally giving it a five. Four point six. i'm giving it a five 4.6. You want to know why 4. I'm giving 9. it a 5? Because, okay, we'll split it down the middle. Okay. 4.5. 4. 4.6. It's, it's, really, it's really good. I just don't have much to compare it with. Um, price on this, not not too pricey either, though. Not bad. Like Mm-mm. like a, for a typical, regular coffee house, coffee, it's, yeah, it's, it's right just, in line. If you buy your Starbucks from the actual Starbucks and not the grocery store, if you go on like coffeebeansdirect.com, like, these yeah. are all, they're, they're pretty much the same price. So well, it's not an exorbitant amount of money. We're like, wow, I'm paying twice as much for this coffee. Right. Right. But it's just that middle, middle line quality product. Well, and the cool thing, you can also subscribe, like you can subscribe your firehouse and get like a regular ginormous bag of it or whatever. Right. In bulk and you get and, bulk discounts. Yeah, bulk discounts. Right. Um I I really enjoy that they put mental like mental issues in right. there. Um because that does not get included. Like right. I, I have really spanned and looked at all of the different nonprofits that benefit firefighters just right. because I'm so passionate about it. And a lot of folks it's it's all physical right. and all of that. And I know that they will include mental stuff but i like that they put it right in their statement right where it's like mentally we will we will assist you in this process so so what about logo i love the logo and i love the package and i love that okay oof, calm down jesse the um they have different packaging like for christmas they had a little santa hat on the fire department coffee symbol i just and it's shiny it's clean it's 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 good i mean they're doing a good job yeah. It seems like they're not they're not cutting corners anywhere, mm-hmm. but they're not gouging you either, you know, with yeah. some some expensive rates. I I would like to give at least some negative review on this coffee. Like what? I don't know. Like I would like to <laughs> just so it doesn't seem like we're biased. I'm totally biased. But we just we just kind of like it. Yeah. So this will not be the last last package we buy. So. No, and I plan on, they have one that's called Backdraft, which I feel is amazing. We could watch Backdraft while we drink the coffee. I right. feel like that would be amazing. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I so, love. So maybe the only critique is you have to mail company. order it cause you can't get it. They're in, they're in, where are they from? Illinois. Illinois. That's right. So you can't get it like locally. Rockford. So, yeah. Rockford. Rockford. So that's maybe the only negative is you do have to get it over the internet. It's gotta be packaged and shipped, which, you know, this day and age with freaking two day shipping every, it's every same as Amazon. corner. Yeah. Amazon. So. Yeah, and I, it gave I it, it sent me. T- I signed up for getting text messages every time it hit like a new point, right? And then so I'd get a text message, go yay! <laughs> so, so I give it between an A and an A plus. Oh my gosh, I really hate that you keep altering the thing. So I'm gonna put a okay. I give it four point th- eight. Okay, I give it four smiley faces. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ooh, All right. It makes me so, so frustrated. So let's get back into alcohol. 
Yes. We should have put some booze in this. We should have put some alcohol in our coffee. Had some um some Gouch. Irish yeah, some Irish cream or something in here mm. for our for our coffee this morning. Then it wouldn't really be reviewing the coffee because it would be... That's true. Okay. This would probably be delicious. But, oh, I bet it would be delicious. Um, all right. But let's get back into the action plan. Let's so do it. So we're going to tell you how to drink. No. No. <laughs> I didn't just, expect you to... You just spiked the levels so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry I offended you so poorly. Let's get in. Sorry for everybody listening with headphones or high volume speakers. Let's Let's get in. To the action plan. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Action plan time. <laughs> action plan time. Okay, so here is the things I would like you to be able to ask yourself. I want you to assess your alcohol or intoxication use. We're not we're never gonna go into drugs and things because it's such a variety and there's a lot of mixed um Feelings about feelings about whether it. you should imbibe in drugs. Yeah, and and partake. so we're, yeah, we're we're not going to get into that. But I do want you to assess your alcohol consumption and intoxication use of okay. some kind. Just um, an honest assessment. Yeah, write it down. Do a, a like, like like a nutrition log, but essentially yeah. how often you drink and yeah. what you're drinking. Okay, so we need to determine what it is doing for you and what it's not doing for you. So if it's our social interaction, then we need to f- like decide is that our only social interaction. That or, kinda... or is it enhancing the social interaction yeah. or is it taking away from it? Are we too drunk so we make a fool of ourselves or yep. we're not drinking at all so people don't trust us or we feel like the odd duck? Yep. Okay. Exactly. Um, and then how can we get that without drinking? So how, how do we get, how do we lower our inhibitions without drinking? Yeah, lower in, inhibitions, that can be one of them. But okay. it can also be like, if if that is our social interaction, how do we get social interaction that is not, that does not include drinking? Oh, okay. Yeah. So because we want it to be balanced- and we don't want to use it as a crutch. Exactly. Okay. So like if if you have social anxiety, how do you mellow out your social anxiety without, you know, having two beers before you go to the bar or whatever? Okay. Makes Does that sense. make sense? Yep. Um, and can you limit yourself? Like I, I feel like I'm a pretty balanced human being, but if I'm intoxicated, I have a hard time deciding when my limit is, especially if it's right. good times. Like, right. woo, let's just do this. And so- I mean, that was a big factor on yeah. my end where where I wasn't quite sure if I could limit myself when right. it came time to it once my inhibitions were lowered. So can you actually limit yourself? Are you Do you just run with the pack on that and just continue down that pathway? Well, and it might be good because we, 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 we had a hard time limiting ourselves. Yes. It was either all or nothing. Right. I'm not drinking tonight, I'm driving. Right. Awesome. You're the designated driver, which I everybody needs. Yes. You shouldn't have a single drink and drive. Mm-hmm. No. Even though they say I can have two and go with the blood alcohol limit lowering now. Yeah. You know, and, and just, just the how actually um intoxicated you get with such few such little alcohol without yeah. knowing it. Mm-hmm. Just don't even drink and drive. Our kids are playing on the street. You yeah. know, I'm I'm driving my family and you're driving your family late at night for some reason. Just don't drink and drive. Right. But we had a hard time saying, like, well, I'm drinking tonight. I'm gonna have a couple. Yeah. It was like, I'm drinking tonight. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So, so we want to be able to limit ourselves. And then we want to know if we need to get help or, or have some more supports. So, like, you and I decided we were not going to drink because we just weren't able to. Our kids go to the ER way too often and oh, we need somebody's to get busting their take, face open. Exactly. Or so, we just don't drink because we want to be there in case something happens for our kids. Right. And so, know if you need to go get, see a therapist or you need to go 
talk to your doctor about, you know, something, but, but just kind of assessing that and deciding if we need to do that. And then I want you guys, and this is the specific thing. So you guys are going to write all those things down. And then I want you to try networking, socializing, or celebrating without being intoxicated using some other coping skill. Now, now can you still have one or two drinks? Um, or 1.5 to 2.5 drinks during this? Well, if you can limit yourself. Okay. The The big question would be if you were, if you, if you can limit yourself, then if with like for, for men, it's one point or for women, it's 1.5 for men, it's 2.6 or something. Right. Right. Um, but you can just narrow that down to one and two, Right. you know? Um, so if you can do that, right. if you were able to do that, then I think that's great. But otherwise I want you guys to use some other coping skill because you're not always going to be able to have a beer to make, you know, make yourself feel comfortable within right. a social setting. I, and this is, alcohol is very, very specific to each person okay. and, and what's going on. So yes. So I completely agree with that. You need to come up with what your action plan is. Share it with us. Cause I would like yeah. to see what people are, are doing in that way. On doing. Cause I we think, don't have an answer for this one. No. And there's, and I'm not promoting like drinking or not drinking or we're not, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Of, right. No. You know, um, but I think that everybody should know what their limits are, what their rules are around it, and being able to do this in a responsible way. Because plain and simple, when you look at science, having too many drinks is bad for you. Right. And so you shouldn't be doing that, period. Like, it's just the way it is. Um, I do understand that social gatherings, they have that, but it's just not healthy for your body. Um, But being able to have one or two drinks, it seems like it is um, a fairly good facilitator for socialization, networking, and then celebrating and, like, creating joyous times. So um, Without doing damage to your body. Without doing damage to your body. So, um, yeah. So I want you guys to try, like, really assess where you're at in this intoxication element and then decide and, where you want to go yeah and if it's if it's no alcohol that's great there's plenty of really delicious drinks that are sure. virgin yep. um but then or it's being able to do the one or two with a really nice glass of scotch or something um had men it up yeah. i don't know yeah. um but the big thing is knowing your limits being responsible and um doing what's actually best for you okay as a human all around perfect and then go out and be successful yeah and uh, build a better you see you guys <laughs>